This is Mortification of Spin, a bully pulpit from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. We can continue only with your help. Visit mortificationofspin.org to make a donation or call 1-800-488-1888. After the podcast, listen for details on how you can receive a free resource. Welcome to Mortification of Spin, Bully Pulpit, the shorter podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. I'm your host, Carl Truman, pastor of Cornerstone Presbyterian Church in Ambler, Pennsylvania, and professor of church history at Westminster Theological Seminary. And I'm joined by my co-hosts, Amy Bird, housewife theologian from West Virginia, and Todd Pruitt, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Welcome, guys. Great to be here. Going to do something different today. We're going to introduce a new game, and the game is Bully <laughs> Pulpit Challenge. And what happens in this is that a, a one of our five listeners writes in and issues a challenge that we have to meet during the program. And to start us off today, I'm going to read you the email we received this week. Uh, it reads as follows. Dear Carl, Todd, and Amy, can you respond to Carl Lentz's interview with Katie Couric without using the words utterly or ridiculous. <laughs> uh, just to help our listeners here, we, we, we have linked from the website to that interview so you can go and look and see what we're uh, going to be critiquing here. And I think if you watch it before you listen to the podcast, you will realize we're going to be up against it. Uh, mm -hmm. Not to use the words utterly or ridiculous <laughs> in the next 10 minutes is going to take... I don't know. It's going to push us to the limits of our vocabulary. Yeah, uh, it, it may require some profanities. Indeed, indeed. But, you know, we, we can always bleep Amy out. On, <laughs> sure, um, exactly, um, exactly. She's trying to, I think, renovate her image from being described as nice by one correspondent uh, <laughs> right. the other week. Yeah. Anyway, for those of you who haven't seen this interview, it's an interview between Katie Couric and a leading Pentecostal pastor uh, in New York, a man called Carl Lentz, who is the pastor of a congregation of a, he would not use the term denomination because they don't like the term denomination, he tells me, but I'm going to use it. He's the pastor of a congregation of a denomination that had his origins in Sydney, Australia, with the, uh, the Hillsong movement. Congregation's about 6,000 strong. Uh, Carl Lentz, uh, to look at him, represents everything we admire on this program. Uh, <laughs> Leather jacket, skinny jeans, probably spends more on his haircut than I earn in a month, uh, and talks complete gibberish. Yes. And it's that gibberish that we want to analyze today. Yeah. Yeah. And again, just as a rule of thumb, if you watch anything on the television and Katie Couric gets the better of somebody in an argument, you know <laughs> they are in serious trouble. You know Todd. it's utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Todd. You've had lost. Yeah, You're out, yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> Actually, we'll, we'll allow you that one. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. We'll allow you that one. Uh, the irony saved you there. I anyway, Todd, uh, your reflections on this interview. You know, we, I, I actually watched some of that with um, a few of the guys I serve with. And, you know, a couple, there's so many thoughts that come to mind. One is um, the obsession with image that we are seeing now with some of some of the megachurch pastors now it's 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 self parodying in many cases um, whether it's ed young and his uh, uh, website uh, pastor fashion uh, which reaches new heights of silliness but the the problem is is that 
Carlitz doesn't think he's being silly. Um, the the tight leather, the mohawk, all of these things, apparently give him a kind of street cred. Um, my kids look at it and they they laugh. They're embarrassed for him, but it certainly has an appeal. I just don't understand the appeal. Um, but the obsession with um, with appearance and with style is what really bothers me. And what we're talking about here is the purity of the church, the, um, the purity of the pastoral calling, and um, what, what appears to me to be a, a total overturning of those, of those things. I, I'm, I'm utterly mystified as I, as I watch that and wonder why there are more than four or five people that would attend. Amy, what do you think? <clears throat> well, when I first got a look at him, I, I hadn't heard of this guy before. And at first I kind of thought, well, he's kind of like our Carl, but with more hair and <laughs> right, threads right. of bonds. <laughs> exactly. He dresses like... Yeah. <laughs> no, I, would never, I would never have my chest waxed. I won't <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, I like style. I'm into fashion. Um, I kind of looked at him and he... I don't want to use the word, the, the R word, but he looked like he was trying way too hard. And, you know, real style and, you know, real fashion, I would think, anyway, if you were concerned about those things, um, it really isn't that hard. I don't know why you got to try so much. But to the content of what he was saying, um, you know, Katie right away hits him hard with a homosexuality question. What's, What's your church's stance on homosexuality? And so he responds by saying, we have a stance on love and everything else we have conversations and he was like, you know, so casually evasive there that Katie Couric asks him the, the brilliant question, uh, what does that mean? <laughs> That's right. You know, it's yeah. what we were all thinking when he said that. And so, you know, he's overemphasizing love here, but, you know, love is meaningless without truth. Right. Yeah. And so. I think what it signified, if he didn't mean this, what it signifies is a man who simply wants to ape a particular strand of the secular culture and be cool and popular doing it. Um, that particular sentence that you quoted, Amy, stuck out in my mind as, as predictable but incoherent. Uh, he also contradicted himself. I mean, at some point he says, uh, you know, when he's asked about Joel Osteen, he affirms Joel Osteen as a brother and then goes on to say that uh, he and Joel Osteen both believe that Jesus can change your life. But then at the end of the interview, he says, you know, very rarely did Jesus talk about morality. Uh, One wonders what the basis, well, one wonders, A, if he's read the New Testament, that he can make that statement. Uh, The Sermon on the Mount would seem to contain quite a lot of moral statements. Uh, And secondly, one wonders exactly what transformation looks like if it has no moral category to it is he simply talking about psychological well-being and if he is talking about psychological well-being why on earth does he have a uh, disco globe <laughs> in his church because frankly i would find that most uh, yeah. disturbing and distressing yeah. but and carl what you bring up there is is at the heart of the problem and, and amy of course brought it up by, by by reading that quote that is um uh, I mean, I'm mystified by by that statement, and and so what you're both addressing is for me the what is the heart of the issue, which is uh, Mr. Lintz and and others, 
we, we've we've mentioned Stephen Furtick um, in past in a past broadcast. But but what we have here is a kind of pastoral malpractice um, where a man is a pastor, but seems incapable of rightly handling the word of God, which is the one thing he has to do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we have men leading some of the largest churches in the country who cannot um, uh, handle the word of God rightly. So as you pointed out, Carl, a man who makes a statement, a pastor who makes a statement that Jesus had almost nothing to say about morality is a man who clearly doesn't know his New Testament very well. And he's pastor of a church. Yeah, yeah it makes you ask the question, uh, where's the line between this so-called authentic leadership right. and qualified leadership. Right, yeah. right. Well, and I, Amy, I think, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, Amy. We, uh, Carl has talked about uh, the fact that evangelicalism is an aesthetic, which is mm-hmm. absolutely right. And what you hit on there, Amy, is, is, is an, an acknowledgement of that, that really we're, we're not talking about, about biblical qualifications here. We're talking about a guy who can be authentic, yeah, and real, yeah, and transparent, yeah. Those are uh, all catchwords for the new evangelism. Almost a nice kind of guy. Right, very nice. Yeah, yeah. You're mm-hmm. sort of, you're sort of guy, Amy. I would say. <laughs> well, and see, now here's my turn to see what I think about niceness. <laughs> and I think that um, it's really a plague in the evangelical church. I think niceness is the Eddie Haskell of yeah. evangelicalism. It's yeah. manipulating, but not yeah. really loving. Like that, that's exactly manners right. without truth. And I, right. th- you know, and again, the nicest thing it it raises the question for me, and this is perhaps another podcast. But what do you have to do in the American evangelical world, even the American Reformed evangelical world, mm. to lose your credibility? Right. You know, Mark Driscoll, this man who's been, you know, dragged down in a plagiarism controversy. He's claimed that. God live streams pornographic images to his head that allow him to browbeat his congregation, shaken hands with a Unitarian heretic and welcomed him as a brother. Uh, His books still get reviewed. Books coming out of that church still get reviewed and taken seriously by good people. My question is, why on earth do we give people like Driscoll, people like Lentz, people like Furtick, why are they considered remotely credible often by decent people. Now, that's too big a question for us to address today, but I think it speaks of the the niceness that is rotting the heart of the Christian church in this country. Yeah. yeah. You know, we see in Jesus a man who knew how to confront um, false teachers in his day, knew how to confront um, members of his own religious community who had strayed, erred, and were leading others astray, um, and used very not nice language to do it. The same was true for the apostles as well. And today in America, the only real heresy is to suggest that there is heresy. Mm. Um, the, the only cruelty is to call out a blind guide for being a blind guide. And so, again, this is about uh, pastoral um, faithfulness versus uh, pastoral unfaithfulness. Um, this is about uh, the future and the purity of the church and for those who love the bride of Christ and want to see her preserved um, healthy. So we, we hope that um, 
we can do a part at least in these conversations by helping the few people that hear us uh, to be discerning um, and uh, to expect a little bit more out of those who would lead the flock of God. So, well, you've been listening to Mortification of Spin Bully Pulpit. Thanks for taking the time to uh, listen in on our conversation. And for Carl Truman and Amy Bird, this is Todd Pruitt. Have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you next time. This has been a Bully Pulpit from Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Just for listening, we'd like to give you a free resource. Visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, to find a link to the download. Mortification of Spin is a production of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Alliance ministries include Reformation21.org, Every Last Word with Philip Reichem, and events held from Florida to Sacramento. To learn more about the Alliance, visit AllianceNet.org or call 800-488-1888. We can only continue to bring you Mortification of Spin with your support. To make a donation, please visit MortificationOfSpin.org or call 800-488-1888. Please listen again and don't forget your free download.